0: Uh, yeah (laughs) yes Uh, let's pray lord thanks again for uh, the joy that you give us thank you that you love us so well thank you that you have revealed yourself to us and that you have given us your word so that we might know you help us to grow in in uh, who we are uh, because of what you've done and who you are and that we would be more in awe and live our lives in such a way because of who you are. So, Lord, thank you again. Be with our discussion. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So we're Mark chapter 9, and we'll pick up at verse 42. Now, just remember the context here. Um, they couldn't cast out a boy with an unclean spirit. Then they started arguing about who's the greatest, and, and Jesus keeps bringing... Uh, up this idea of if you have to be like a little child and don't let the, you know make sure that you understand that and so we talked about a lot of that and then we talked last week a bit about how do we decide who to give stuff to <laughs> I mean basically that was uh you know we we want to be uh godly and in our generosity um but at the same time we want to be wise and so um We pick up today in verse 42, so if someone would read verses 42 through 50 of Mark 9, I would greatly appreciate it. Not all at once.
1: Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. For everyone who is salted with fire salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another.
0: Okay.
2: Now my Bible says stumble rather than sin. Okay. Stumble seems a
0: lot easier than sin. It... It, it it the real translate it's sin causes them to sin so yeah what you need, what translation are you listening NIV yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah, but the the word there is causing them to sin so uh so what's the first reactions to reading this portion of scripture I, I find this one kind of confusing
3: okay. Parts don't cause you to sin, it's in your heart. Okay, so I've always kind of never really totally gotten this one because it's not my eye that's the problem, right? (laughs) It's something else, right? And I can't, I can't pluck that out, okay? So I don't really know how that fits with you know Jesus' salvation and grace and all that. Mm -hmm.
0: So, I mean, it happens all the time in our society today. A
2: little one?
0: Sure. Watch this on TV. Go ahead. It's okay. You're four, four years old and you're watching pornography on, on the screen. That's causing them to, to have, you know, or there's, there's you, you hear about this all the time. Parents will teach their kids how to shoplift. Um, and then how about even how to lie? Or, um, or if we talk about little ones as you, much, you must come like a child... And so you know a brother or sister in the Lord who, let's say, is, is an alcoholic and you, you encourage them strongly to drink. Well, now you're causing them to to stumble or sin and fall back into that life dominating sin. So the, the whole idea obviously is not is again, he looks at us, right? We need to be like little children. And so we have this idea of we are because if you look at the last line um, have salt yourselves and be at peace with one another. So, we're talking a lot about relationship to one another, too. Um, and then also, uh, we'll get to the, the cutting off stuff in a minute. Steve? I
3: was just wondering I, when it says it causes a little one to stumble. I, I used to think it was a chronological age, but as I've gotten older, I don't know that it has to be a chronological age. What happens <laughs> if you're 50 years old, you're brand new in the Lord, and you're giving scriptural information? You better make sure that you know you know the Lord, and you're you're, you're not causing that person to walk in a, a dangerous section over there. Uh, it might be wise to double check your uh, your uh, information you're giving uh, whoever's who's ever there. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, and there are have been there are have some interesting groups of religious people who take this to the extreme. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the whole idea of, of if there's a thief cutting their hand off is not, was not unknown at this point in time. Uh, but to Jared's point, that doesn't change the heart, right? right? right. Um, and there have been people who have gone to the extreme and, and done mutilations to their body to try to rid themselves of the sin that bothered them. And they all ended up failing miserably because it is the heart issue. So is Jesus telling us, start cutting off body parts? Or what do you think he's really trying to, what point do you think he's trying to make?
4: He's trying to tell us to watch ourselves and be careful.
1: Yeah, I think 42 is the key. I mean, don't cause someone else to sin. Mm. I mean, be careful what you do, what you say, what you tell someone else to do. You know, that
0: sort of thing. I think also um, sin is a serious matter. Um, the challenge I think we often have as Christians who are, who are, you know, grace alone, faith alone, scripture alone, through Christ alone, to the glory of God alone, all this stuff is I think we have a tendency at times to um, minimize uh, sin because, well... You know that's just who I am in the flesh, and, and I'm saved because of grace. And so, um, and we don't want to be works oriented. So we 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 kind of don't really. Um, we walk into freedom, but sometimes that freedom is cavalier, and sometimes that's a presumptuous freedom, rather than going, man, I get to walk step by step, day by day, by the grace of God, and He's helping me. He's helping me not to willingly sin he's helping me hopefully to consider others uh, and so the question is uh, how do you find sometimes that uh, that sin maybe gets too much attention in your life or in the life of the church or gets too little attention any examples we can think of Connie okay this is the one
2: thing that bothers me all the time you cannot live one day without sin. You don't know that you sin, but they say that
1: you
2: can't live one day without sin. So, I mean, to me it's just mind-boggling. Because if you try to live a good life, no matter how good it is, you're still sinning.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the human condition in the flesh. That's why 1 Corinthians 15 talks about the fact that we have to be changed because these corrupt bodies that were corrupt by the fall cannot behold the glory of God. These eyes that have been, have beheld you know, things that we shouldn't behold throughout our lives are, are tarnished. Um, and so again, that's why, why Jesus was very clear in John 3, you must be born again. Paul picks that up in 2 Corinthians, you're a new creation in Christ. And so we, and he talks about in Romans, this tension between the flesh and the spirit, because now you've been awakened spiritually and that's who you really are, is, is, a, is a person who is blameless before the Lord because of the work of Christ. And so you're in that, we're told that we're in Christ in the heavenly places right now receiving all the spiritual blessings, but yet we still carry this body of death as Paul calls it, this flesh, it's still carrying it, we're still carrying it around, and the flesh is completely opposite of the spirit. Now, hopefully as we grow in the Lord, we will find ourselves um, expressing character, Characteristics of Christians and, uh, you know, in a, in a better way because of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we're able to, to uh, defeat maybe to some degree the flesh a little more, but we will never get to the point on this side of heaven where we don't still carry this body of flesh that is bound to sin. So we're in tension, right, between who we really are in Christ and we look forward to that day when we don't find that we blew it. Right, We look forward to that day where there's no more sin in the world and there's no more sin in our lives because there, there's so much that affects us that we don't realize in this, in this world. Um, Steve? I
3: was going to say that one of the things that uh, I find with along with Connie over there is, isn't uh, the things I do overtly or covertly, sinning, breaking, lying, but just my attitude, actions, words. I mean, I find myself almost instantaneous. I'll read something, hear something, and I'll judge it, before I even know the facts. I mean, it's just the attitude of the heart. It just seems like I have to constantly be on guard with my attitude, actions, words, thoughts, and deeds because, um, you know, if I'm not paying attention, man, it is a it is a, a train wreck ready to happen. It's I'm yeah. pretty amazed it's at myself. It's
5: already happened. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Delane. I
3: just got a question about you. You say in the body, it's simple and so forth. Uh, but in our creeds, we say resurrection of the body. We believe that from the resurrection of the body. Correct. Are we talking about Jesus? Or are we talking about ourselves?
0: So we will be resurrected on the last day. And so without the old. And so we look at, let's look at 1 Corinthians 15 for a moment. I'm
3: not so sure after smelling things up, but I won't I'm
0: not so now, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to read a large portion here, starting at verse 35, um, and I'll probably go through the end. But let's just see what we can grasp as we read it. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as it is is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So we will be raised imperishable. So you look at the resurrection of Christ, right? There was, he was raised in glory. Um, and so we will be raised in his likeness, as it says. You know, the spiritual mind. We, we were born as, as the first Adam, born unto, unto sin out of the dust of the ground. And then we will receive a spiritual body, um, and that will be uh, in the glory of Jesus Christ in the likeness of him. Um, so it, it won't be stinky. I hope not. No, so. does, that, does that help? Yeah. Yes, Mick.
2: Sorry, I the question about I me. mean it <laughs> talks
0: about the resurrection of the body? What about people who are created, is there no body? Well, here's the question. Um, how big is God? Huge. Right? Beyond Is he is he is he bound by uh, the molecular composition of earthly earthly matter? Mm-hmm. No, he created it. So I mean I um, it's kinda like so the the question comes what about those who were in battle and they got blown up you know you know it's because are sunk in a ship and fish had their way um you know and some other things and so i think that yeah so i mean it is it is a um i mean you've been to you've been to funerals right i mean where there's been an open casket and you look at that person you go, that's not the person you're, it's just like that is not. It's a it, it, yeah, I remember when Harold Euling, Mike. That's not Harold. Uh, you know, I mean, he did sleep a lot during sermons, but no. <laughs> <laughs> not
1: the same. But it wasn't the same, and so
0: and so. I mean, I I I think that that um, th- we need to always look at what is God trying to say what is our hope it's not in these bodies you know and even though these bodies might get cremated or blown up or perish or buried decomposition still happens even in a casket right so um but what is god is giving us a hope of a future look at um ezekiel 35 and 36 that area there with the valley of dry bones there's bones everywhere and you know god raises those bones up puts them all together and then puts flesh on them so um i think that um when it comes to cremation, yeah, I mean, that's a personal decision between that person and, and the Lord. Um, I do not think there's anything in Scripture that would say you cannot be cremated. Uh, my grandma would disagree. Well, she wouldn't now because she's in heaven. So, <laughs> uh, Only because... I'm looking at you know.
2: some of her cremated friends, I'm
0: sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, no, she's like, I don't want to be burned. i like, you won't be able... You won't. You know, Grandma, you won't feel it. Okay. So anyway, so does that help? Yes. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's turn to Matthew chapter five. We have great hope in the resurrection of a God who is greater than all, a God who created everything out of nothing. He can certainly recreate us again and make us perfect, and we are glad of that. Okay. So, someone read 13 through 16, please, of Matthew 5.
1: You are you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall it its saltiness, saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people... Light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven.
2: Great.
0: So how does this help a little bit on the the Mark passage, or does it?
1: Well, he uses the word salt again. (laughs) OK. You're like, that's that's it.
0: So so what would happen is that often salt would be mixed with sand in those days. And they would spread it along the pathways on the road so that the weeds would not grow. um, And and that would dilute the salt. The chemical is still there for for salt. um, But how do you separate grains of salt and grains of sand and make it salty again? Um, and so the, the people would have understood, oh, okay, that's, you know, it gets diluted and um, it so loses it's kind the saltiness. It's if you
2: will, because the, the salt is no longer
0: pure. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see. I wanted to make sure I knew which way you're going with yeah. filing. So, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, light. So that's us. Then the other illustration is light. Mm-hmm. If you have light, don't hide it, mm-hmm. let it shine. Mm-hmm.
0: And so a couple of things. So you've heard uh, someone who's worth their salt or not worth their salt. So salt, the, the root word for salt is where we get our word salary. And so they would often pay Roman soldiers in salt because it was so valuable back then. So salt was a, a very valuable commodity. I mean, it's not like you just go down to the store and spend a buck and a half and get a big tub of it like you do now. Um, it was a big commodity. It was such a big commodity that, again, like I said, they would pay people um, in salt and then salt was used for, what was the main use for salt back in those days? Preservation. Preservation, right? So before we had lovely refrigerators and freezers, they would just pack the thing in salt, and it would, it would, it would prevent or slow down the, the decay um, process. So again, there's a great picture for us, a salt of the earth. What are we doing if we relate it to salt, we're preserving, right? We're preserving what? We're preserving others in our conversations. We're we're slowing down the process of, of the I would say the destruction and the judgment of the world. Um, but then, to if salt loses its saltiness, well, you know that goes back to Mark chapter nine. If your hand causes you to sin, your eye are you being deluded, right? Is is are things in your life? Um, and, and it's tough because, again, we always love to live on the, the grace side. But at the same time, God didn't save you just so you could keep acting like like the, like the a person in the world. He saved you so that you can be aware of, number one, how great God is and know who God is and that you're greatly loved by him and restored and reconciled to him through the work of Jesus Christ and you're greatly forgiven. And then now we, as the salt of the earth, go share that with others Um, And so if you're the salt of the earth, light of the world, you, like you said, you shouldn't be hiding it. And you shouldn't be causing other people to not be preserved or to to hide themselves under a basket. Light, again, another interesting thing about light is light is used uh, for um, disinfectant. I uh, Remember, I mean, it's kind of funny because the whole COVID thing, they were looking at ways. I mean, they had those machines that they said if you walk through would, I don't know if they were really got traction. But the reality is uh, light can disinfect surfaces and whatnot. And so, again, there's the other idea that light um, and darkness can't be with light. So if you're light, you're, you're disinfecting Sin in others, and Jesus says, So don't cause someone to sin. Because if you're light and if you're salt, you're supposed to preserve and to help remove the sin in other people by sharing with them the love of Jesus. So, what are some ways <laughs> that we stumble? sorry I use that term for you stumble others, and I'm not talking about sticking your foot out as they walk by, although that is a way to do it. <laughs>
2: Especially like for little kids, like putting own blocks up mm. for them. Up. You know, you don't take them to church, you don't take them to Sunday school, you mm. won't allow someone else to fill that role. That puts a mm-hmm. stumbling block mm-hmm. in that child's way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
3: good. Steve? To make the point over there, I was just thinking when she was saying that over there, not letting your light shine, not uh, being maybe where the Holy Spirit might be prompting you where you aren't uh, being obedient or sharing or whatnot. He might put something on your heart or uh, something over there uh, that's it, that important for that person at that time. I, I know there's been times uh, in my past that I uh, wasn't as aggressive as I should have been and the stumbling comes over there that they didn't see. Uh, maybe the Lord had a word for them or, or uh, a situation or a warning or instruction you might have just went through a situation where you had some knowledge and you chose not to share it just out of, out of friend, not not a combination way, but just saying, hey, I just went through that. I went over to uh, Walmart, and you might want to be careful in the parking lot. I'm just, I'm just
5: saying, ball in there.
0: Well, it's not the most smart, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that another thing we have to clarify too, because we can run down a path as believers where we're like, oh man, I can't do anything, I'm gonna stumble somebody, right? Um, you know, if I go have a beer at 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 in a restaurant and somebody walks in and they struggle with alcohol and, and that could send them down. Well, uh, we have to be careful that we don't put that on ourselves. But we do have to say that what, what Jesus is really talking about, that we are intentional about stumbling somebody. We know what we're doing. We know that we are causing them to stumble. Um, because that's where, you know, if you act, I mean, obviously... If you don't, if you if you do something and you find out later that that really bothered that person or something, then obviously we have a responsibility to go and talk to them. But like, you know, when you gather together, if you have somebody that you know, I don't mean, keep picking on alcohol, but if you you know have somebody you know who's coming that has struggled with it, you don't drink in front of them, or you you know. As sorry. somebody who used to drink. Yeah. Uh,
1: there's always that person that says, "You can have one.
2: Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> You're you are fun."
0: <laughs> you were fun. What are you <laughs> saying now? No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That doesn't bother me. People. No, but that friend is not really being a friend, right? right? Exactly. You, you know, that's yeah. like instead of respecting you and going, hey, okay. You're married to that friend. Strike that from the recording. <laughs> Connie, were you going to say something? I was just going to say
5: there's another extreme to this as well, the Pharisaical sort of right. extreme, to the point where uh, we as Christians, if we don't act in love when we're dealing with people who are struggling through issues that are sinful and destructive, self-destructive. If we just demand of them, if we attack them, if we use, our, if we use the Bible as, a, as, as something to beat people up with because we, we know so much. And, and there are those that become so aggressively uh, legalistic mm-hmm. that you can drive people away, that you can actually, rather than draw them to Christ, draw them to the cross. And, and this is the point. Why did Christ give Himself so freely to everyone? It's because of His love for us. You know, He didn't walk around condemning everybody. In fact, that's what the 17th verse of, of John chapter three is about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's very important for us to recognize that Truth and love are the way we treat people. If we're if if all we do is beat up on them when they're wrong, you're mm-hmm. not going to win anything. You're not going to gain anything. That doesn't mean that you feed them with the wrong stuff, but you certainly express your concern for them in a loving way. So that's my point. Connie?
2: Well, he said pretty much, except for one thing, it's words. I think we have to be mindful of our words. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And be, you know... Just encourage people. It yeah. doesn't have to be biblical. Just
0: you know, everyday life encouragement, right? People. And practical living, of uh, the Christian life. And I think you know, it's interesting. It's not just words anymore in our society. It's also tone, mm-hmm. and interpretation of tone. Um, we're such a frail and sensitive society right now, and we don't need to go down talking about whether that's positive or negative. The just reality is, is. We, we are dealing with, with people who are very fragile and broken. Um, and, and and you know, it's not the old days where, you know, I'll oh, just rub some dirt on it, you'll be fine. Uh, and this sounds horrible, and I don't want to pick on the people, but I'm gonna bring it up anyway. So I saw a commercial for this new documentary that's coming out called, uh, was it Katrina Babies? And it's all the kids who lived through Hurricane Katrina and how they didn't realize you know how dis, how the displacement caused so much trauma in their lives i'm not negating that hey you, your, your house got flooded and you had to relocate for a time i'm not negating that but i'm like I mean, my whole my my mind i'm going life's hard <laughs> i mean you know we all have trauma triggers in our lives and you know the work of christ is to is to help us go hey yeah this is something that shaped and formed you but it doesn't have to be where you stay and, again, it was just an advertisement. I don't know if that's where they stayed. That's all they – the video – the sound bites, all they gave were people who were, you know, and, that, you know, of course, they want to get you to, to watch it. I won't, but um, yeah, maybe I will. Who knows? Well, another
4: word, too, that I thought of with this was, especially for – Women, like, you know, I'm not trying to be sexist. But anyway, is, is Watch your tone. No. It's <laughs> gossipy.
2: You know, we can, we can get together as women and gossip just, to, you know.
0: <laughs> Guys don't have that problem, right, Steve? Sorry. I
1: That's
5: wrong. That's
4: wrong.
0: <laughs> Sorry you were drinking when I said
4: that. <laughs> you not help yourself. You could know. <laughs> But
5: there that, you go, words can hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. but I, I think of, you know,
2: sometimes we just don't even realize how much we gossip with each other about someone else. And that can cause stumbling.
0: That's why prayer chains were created. Okay, so... Um.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and unwholesome so that's, talk. That's legalized gossip. <laughs> <laughs> unwholesome talk, you know, I think it, uh, our words are to be seasoned with grace. Right. Um, So that unwholesome talk. But but I think, too, even just some attitudes. You know, when we come across in a, maybe we're just having a grumbly kind of a day. And we're just grumbling about everything. Or we're just, we kind of have given ourselves over to that pattern. And so then we become a grumbly person. It's hard to be around grumbly people. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I know for myself, it's really easy to get caught up in that. Especially when I'm around a grumbly person, it's easy to just automatically kind of add to the fuel and start becoming grumbly myself.
0: Words matter. <laughs>
4: you know that she's over her mother. I, need a, I needed,
0: no tone at all with that one, though. No, so <laughs> I will say, I was
4: convicted about not, you know, bothering you when you're trying to go to sleep. <laughs> you're
0: not going to get a kind response from me at night, so.
4: I'm, After thirty I'm one plus you, years, I'm I think. you you to being a grumbly person right. when I'm trying to talk to you and you're trying to sleep. Like I it's don't. eleven o'clock. <laughs> leave
0: me alone. Okay, Steve.
3: Uh, I was just thinking about Alex's word over there on Tona. I wasn't paying it too much attention over that. He's really right on this uh, verse forty four and then uh, forty six and going over in the NIV to Connie's thing over there. The three times he says this is um, uh, where uh, the uh, better. Than being thrown to hell and fire that should never be quenched where where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched 46 the same thing On on my version and then also so three times and that's why I was gonna say the relationship of of Jesus is is, sounds to me I'm just spitballing here that it's an important aspect that there is a spiritual aspect of consequences Mm -hmm. There is an eternity and we are immortal and it seems like um, having, as, as Alex was saying, having a relationship, sharing a harsh word like that, or a reality word, I And mean, today, if you were to go up into uh, Walmart and, and talk, you know, are you saved? Uh, you know, there's a heaven or hell. Most people are looking at you like you're a space alien. And, and I'm not saying, you know, do or don't. I'm just saying that we've, we've taken the spiritual aspect out of our society where we don't even talk about God anymore. I can't remember the last time someone said, hey, do you know Jesus.
0: Yeah, you could. Never mind. That relationship you're talking
3: about—that's probably one of the only few ways that you're going to be able to share (laughs) a a hard word like
0: that. Well, and just remember, as believers, uh, Jesus talks about those branches that are His. He prunes. (laughs) That word "prunes" could be translated as "cleanses," and so He cuts these things off um, in our lives that that you know. And sometimes it hurts. There are certain things in my life that aren't good that i like that god stops you know because he loves me so much and so we need to realize we're in process too of becoming more and more into the image that he has finished for us um and so uh, you know it's one of these things where and that's one of the things reasons we do confession and absolution every week we need to realize every week i well, every day, every moment every day. But I need the cleansing work of Jesus Christ that he does on my behalf. And he ever lives to make intercession for us. And that word that we do in 1 John 1, 9, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. That cleanse is a constant continual. He's always doing it. And we're recognizing it when we, and, and taking hold and being thankful for it when we do it. Hey, let's go to Mark 10. Look at that. We got through a whole chapter. Well, the end of a chapter. How many more chapters? <laughs> We're just going to go into another book after that. <laughs> chapters two, uh, one through twelve. Someone please read that.
4: And he left there and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan. And crowds gathered to him again and again, as was his custom. He taught them. And Pharisees came up in order to t- and in order to test him. Asked, "Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife?" He answered them. <clears throat> let man let not man separate and in the house the disciples asked him again about this matter and he said to them whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her and if she divorces her husband and marries another she commits adultery
0: oh well wow. okay so what's jesus saying about marriage
4: it's tough <laughs> <laughs> They're one.
0: Well, I think we saw the severity of sin. What's that, make? I'm sorry? It, it, it's supposed to be for life. Okay.
4: It's not mm-hmm. as long as it's convenient or something like that. It's supposed to be.
5: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, well, Man, if it was convenient. <laughs> 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 we got 56 years.
0: Words so. and tone. Words and it, tone. It's been
5: convenient a lot. But. but. Because a two becomes one. Yeah. yeah. I hurt as much as, when I hurt her, I hurt myself words.
0: Right. So Except it's just
5: that.
2: that. when two become one, and one is, um, not a good person. You know? Abusive. Like, abusive. Abusive. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> <laughs> then, I don't, I don't really, if you're in danger, some somebody. reasons for divorce.
0: Well, there, there are. So, um, but we're not going to get into that just yet. So we realize that, um, what does Jesus reference first? He references the law, right? This is what the law says. Now the reality is nothing's new under the sun. People were getting divorced in Jesus time for stupid reasons. Uh, one of the main ones that always felt funny is if if something was not cooked to the liking of the husband, he could say, and all he had to do was walk outside and say three times, "I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you." It was done in that in that time. I mean, you know. So I mean, I could just see a man going out. So I divorce you, I divorce you, I mm, giving you one more chance. You know, as he walked back in or something like that. But but I think that that again, there was this idea that marriage was. Get, take it or leave it. Not important to God. Um, and Jesus says the reason that Moses gave you a certificate of divorce was because you're stiff-necked. Because your hardness of heart. Uh, but that is not God's plan. Now, um, when you put, say you glue two, this is probably one of the best examples I can find. Um, take two pieces of paper, glue them together, make them like one. How hard how and you let it dry for you know a couple of years or whatever try to take those apart without tearing the other one you can't it's impossible and so we need to realize that when divorce happens it's not a clean break it's not like oh now we're two pieces of paper again no uh and you're gonna be there's imp, imprints for lack of a better term of each other for your entire life uh, so even consider someone who's had a a, a spouse pass away and then remarry uh, you still have, you, you know, that, that marriage with your first wife is still a, a memory to you that, that's strong, right? Steve, I don't want to put you on the spot again, but, but I mean, it's, it's something that's, that will never go away. Um, and, and so we, we realize that there's a sacredness to marriage. And in context, Jesus, you know, is talking about how how severe and how serious sin is. And now they're mentioning marriage and divorce, and he's kind of calling out how serious it is. Now, if anything, I'm hoping that what we get out of this is how desperately we need the grace of the Lord. Because a lot of people who have been through divorces can feel a heavy, heavy burden from what Jesus says here and how people have interpreted it and how people have, have back to what Alex was saying, they've become Pharisees and they're just telling people you can't divorce. Look back in, was it Malachi or Micah where God says I hate divorce and and then Jesus says this, you can't divorce. Well, if a woman is, is getting beat up, she should not be in that marriage. Now, I will say this, does that mean she automatically should divorce? I would say no, right? I think she should not be married, not be in the same room, but but you know, so separation would be a good thing like that. Jesus, but you know, and wait for that person. To try be safe. Um, again, God's heart is reconciliation, all the time. It's reconciliation, and until one of the people in the marriage has severed the the opportunity for reconciliation, as believers, our heart should be that we seek reconciliation. Be safe, absolutely. Uh, don't put yourself in a position of danger because that's not, that's not good either. Um, that would almost be causing that person to sin, really, when you think about it. Um, putting them in that situation, you know that they're going to. Um, so um, then, obviously... Uh, we'll get, get ahead of ourselves. Dillion.
3: Well, I was just going to say, first of all, I don't know anything that's purely black or white. In, the, in Connie's example here... Was that really a marriage? Yeah. Between those two, the, the abusive
0: husband? Well, at one point in time, they said I do, and they they took on the covenant around. of marriage. Was that a marriage? Uh, well, I mean, if we're talking about the two were joined together in, in a ceremony that was sacred, we'd have it's to say yes.
1: To say in a ceremony. Well, that's
0: the understanding I mean, that's of the that's the understanding that. of marriage that it was a joining together; the two would became it's, it's one.
1: Sort of like the abortion issue as well.
3: I mean abort- abortions occur naturally. Why? Usually the genetic yeah. things that happen. So now like this in the news just lately was uh, this woman is, was not allowed to have an abortion but she had an acephalic embryo.
0: Yeah, now you're just open a can of worms. Yeah. So,
4: I, I was thinking about it's this first. Not, nothing's black and white. There's things in between that I don't
3: know. It, I mean, if you're going to just go with the black or the white, um, you're always going to have these problems. Well, that's
5: true for us who are people of flesh. That's not true for God. Well, I'm not saying that. God is, well, I understand that. Yeah. But, but that's where we have to battle within ourselves. In right. fact, there's very verse here... Verse 9, what therefore man, God has joined together, let not man separate. Mm-hmm. The point is that the crappy husband is the one that's separating. Man is separating. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, there, are, there, there is so much of our society today that focuses on separation. Why do you need a man, a woman is told in feminism. Mm-hmm. Why do you need a woman who is, won't be obedient to you? you're <laughs> the master of the house you can get carried away with this whole idea and it's one of the most difficult things that there is I, I in my years of ministry I had, I had an opportunity to do a wedding for people that have been married four times in and divorced four times and when they came to me to ta- ask me to marry them I thought to myself how do I I mean, this is a complete violation of scripture how do I deal with this problem God is a forgiving God all right? Let's take that for example. And so what I did with this couple is I brought them both in. Because they both had been married four different times and, and divorced. I brought them in, and we did a time of prayer, worship, repentance, and forgiveness. And then I conducted the wedding. And, and I made them commit to themselves that this has got to be it. You've got to figure this out, folks. Do you follow God or not? You know yeah, it, there is we can say not black and white, God is not a shade of color he is clearly black and white what is right is right and what is wrong is wrong and you and I can disagree and argue we can, in fact the entire Christianity argues about the interpretation of scripture that's why Luther said what it says is what it means and what it means is what it says if you don't like it that's too bad and the gospel is offensive it truly is because it offends us in our in our selfish, fleshly way, okay. and I, I'm going to stop because otherwise it become embarrassing. <laughs> yes,
0: Connie. <laughs> Connie, wrap us up here.
2: Okay. One, the one thing that that we're forgetting is the Bible talks about a marriage ceremony performed, and it's, it's uh, God is in this ceremony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are other marriages and it's getting to be more and more common with people getting marriage like how that you can get married by someone off the internet yeah, right. yeah.
0: well and i think again w- w- with context as he's speaking to jewish people who were god supposedly God-fearing people. So we have to look at, when we're looking at people of the world, we still don't say that marriage isn't important because it is God-ordained and it's what God wants for people. Um, but the expectation of marriage maybe is different from those who don't have a Christian worldview. Or, you know and that 's just the world we live in, but then we get the opportunity to show the value of of a godly marriage and how important marriage is to God that would attract people to that um, and so again, when we look at the words of Jesus, often he says some things that are very difficult for us, but a lot of the point that jesus was was saying while he was on on this earth was to point over and over again that we cannot do things on our own, that we are desperate for the work of God on our behalf. Because he leaves a lot of... I mean, just just imagine you're a disciple, and he's telling you, have got to cut off your hand and pluck off your eye and cut your foot off. I mean, I imagine they're like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Uh, it,
5: it, a it, lot of messed up people. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> and so I think that, that again, the, when you look at a lot of the words of Jesus... It's a heart issue and it shows the wickedness of our heart and we really, really need the work of Christ um, to have any sort of, of God-pleasing thing in our life because it doesn't happen.
4: When you talk about our relationship with God and we see this marriage relationship too, relationship matters to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, he created it and he looks at the body of Christ as marriage too.
0: Amen. Careful, that's the next page.
4: That's so next page. don't go there. Don't go there. Careful. Cliffhanger. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay. But will anybody remember what I say next
0: week? Sure, they're they're only like, gonna think about it. Let's pray, Lord. Thanks for your goodness. Uh, thanks for the joy, Lord. Thanks for your word. Thanks for the 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 hard sayings that we have to wrestle with. And thank you, Lord, that that you are not moved by our lack of understanding or or even, Lord, our our opinions, Lord. That you you stay true, and Lord, that you are forming us to have uh, the. Uh, to be in your image and lord you tell us you give us the mind of christ and so lord we we ask for that more and more Uh, bless the rest of our day and our time outside in jesus name amen